Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. This is episode 67 and it's another one of our talking shop episodes uh, where we talk about the books or podcasts or whatever else is helping us improve our writing skills and also a little chat about what we're reading for fun. So like these uh, usual short episodes, let's jump right in. Sarah, what's your tool of the month this month? So this month I did something a little bit different. I went off the beaten path and I looked at a poetry book by Austin Cleon called Newspaper Blackout. We are going to talk about blackout poetry a little bit more in our next Culture and Creativity episode. Um, So keep an ear out, I guess, for that one coming up soon in a couple of weeks. But it is something that I've become quite interested in over the last few weeks. So basically the book is a collection of poems that he's written, which are made by taking a newspaper article and blacking out the words he doesn't need to create a poem. When I first read it, I kind of expected it to be a little bit more about the craft of it, which was kind of why (laughs) I've included it in this part of the uh, talking shop episode rather rather than putting it in my reads I guess for the month but yeah I thought I'd share a few of the poems that I particularly liked from it they are quite random so they, they might seem a little bit out there but it's because it's all been taken with you know like a an article and then he's just pulled words out of the article but yeah so here's the first one is gasoline is running out And no, I cannot walk to the grocery. People might recognize me. (laughs) That was one of them. That's amazing. Next one. No head on her slinky shoulders, but observe the fun they are having. It's also quite a good one. That is good. And then this one. Children use their parents, and in 30 years, parents use their children. That one's quite good. Yeah. It's and really good. It's not like he's like just grabbed like a bunch of words together and then like joined it with a bunch of words later on. It'll be like separate words like spotted all throughout the article. So yeah. I would imagine if you looked at the actual articles, if they hadn't been blacked out, they would be totally different. My favorite <laughs> one was the running out of gasoline one. That one's so good. Yeah. <laughs> People might recognize me. <laughs> it's really funny. So that gives you a bit of an idea of the strange assortment of things that can come out of your daily newspaper. Not that anyone really gets it delivered to them anymore, but if you do, some it's a fun activity you might want to try. Or even just use like a magazine or a book um, instead so you could give it a go. As I said, we'll explain a little bit more about it in our next Culture and Creativity episode. But in this book, so he also discusses the roots of blackout poetry because he's he's really the creator of this particular type of blackout poetry. And he ultimately ended up kind of just naturally trying it as a way to uh, 
uh, get out of writer's block. So could be useful for that for you as well. And he also discusses similar forms of creative poetry that have been crafted over the years. So even though he kind of created this specific blackout poetry, there are other forms of poetry that are very similar that, you know, like it's just something fun, a tool to do. And I kind of like the terminology blackout poetry for it. I think it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, it makes it sound quite dramatic. It does. Which I like. (laughs) Yeah. And so at the back, there is a section on how to create this poetry yourself. So as I said, if you wanted to give it a go, you could also have a look at this book and see how he did it. It was a very quick book to read because it's all very short poems and like they'll actually be the pictures of the blackout poetry on each page. So like each article has been condensed into a picture so like you literally you'll have like a few words each page so it makes it very fast to read <laughs> really quick read and it's definitely not as I said your average book on craft or grammar that I usually review on these talking chop episodes but I thoroughly enjoyed looking at something different and even simply reading the poems I feel like sparked a lot of my own creativity so I would recommend it Sometimes it's good to go outside the box a little bit with these things. You're always can always be surprised at the tips and like the things that you end up picking up. Yep. Definitely. Different resources. I do think that you can, even when it's not specifically telling you how to write, sometimes it can still help you understand how to better your writing. So what resource did you look at this month, Ashley? So I went back to what I feel comfortable with and I did another article and this one mostly sparked my interest because of the title and how they describe some of the things just cracked me up. So that's kind of why I chose this. So my tool of the month is an article called Summoning Ghosts and Releasing Angels, Challenging the Tyranny of the Blank Page. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I like the title. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Um, it's by Amina Alal and Oz Hardwick, and it's from the journal Writing and Practice, and it's volume six. So I thought I'd go through what their introduction is and then the summoning ghosts part and then the releasing angels part. So the authors begin with a quote, and I will read the quote. How do you pass through that first often terrifying encounter with the blank page and they go on to say that this is a question that is at the heart of the entire industry so you've got you know writing guides classes courses writing networks that are all about you know trying to inspire people and uh, get them writing get you know putting words on paper when you you know haven't written anything down yet can be a challenging thing to do which no, I've encountered occasionally, especially when you're, you know, trying to write a chapter and you're like, okay, here we go. And then you sit there for ages and you're like, not today. <laughs> and like, yes. Is. yes, I totally understand that. <laughs> for me, the start is always the hardest. It really is. So the authors go on to say that the description of terrifying, uh, referring to trying to write on a blank page might seem dramatic to those who have never come face to face with a blank page 
but go on to say that nope it is a real thing and there are entire books that are dedicated to overcoming and they call it the adversarial encounter which I thought was really hilarious and I had a good laugh about that (laughs) those are books about prompts and strategies and so on and they they go on to say that it's not a problem of a lack of ideas because most writers have more ideas than they can ever write in a lifetime but somehow just it's the concept of the blank page that becomes overwhelming I'm like that's kind of right because often I don't know where to start but I do know where to start but like I don't know where to start does that make any sense I always find that it's almost too many ideas or like you know like you'll be like okay so last chapter the character was here we need to get to like this point but where in this timeline like should I place the character to like start off this chapter do you know what I mean like you're kind of like (laughs) well you know they might not sometimes it's easy if you're going like straight on to like from one scene to the next and it's like almost an extension of the same scene but when you're starting a new scene and you know there might have been a little bit of time passed it's like okay but how much time has passed where are they are they like still like traveling at this point or are they like you know in a in a different room are they like <laughs> so then it becomes like too many choices of <laughs> I've got to get to this point but I don't even know like exactly where to put my character to begin it <laughs> at least yes. that's what it's like for me <laughs> That's the the thing I struggle I'm with. I'm very similar because you're like, I could start here, I could start there, or I could start over here, which is which is better art and I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so in this article, the authors then basically they're trying to like reconceptualize the idea of the blank page using two... <laughs> using influence from two visual phenomenon. So one is Charles Bonnet syndrome and the other is, I don't even know how to say this, pareidolia maybe? Yeah, pareidolia. That's pareidolia. how I read it. But who knows if anyway, we're yes, right. We'll get, we'll get on. You'll hear a bit more about them. So those are the two visual phenomena that they have inspired them to create these we're basically kind of doing it's like kind of like a writing prompt which is meant to help you Um, but it's just very it's very interesting so that's how we get on to the summoning ghosts part so the summoning ghosts part is a framework that they've developed that loosely relies on the Charles Bonnet syndrome so Charles Bonnet syndrome causes people whose vision has begun to deteriorate to see things that aren't there so it makes them hallucinate things so basically they're not seeing things and their brain is like conjuring images that they think should be there but it's not right yeah yeah so hopefully that's clear and so then they're basically taking this concept and then applying it first to readers and then to writers so basically when you write a story you purposefully usually create gaps in your story that the reader has to then fill in so when you're thinking about like whodunits and things like that you're dropping clues but not saying things specifically and then the readers they say conjuring ghosts to fill in the gaps as a reader yeah and she they then go on to say that why not then apply this to tr- when you're trying to write something and don't know where to start? Um, so she suggests writing a generic and somewhat cliched short story that's just a couple paragraphs long. And the one that she uses, I haven't put in here, but it's about like being a child in her bed and um, having a nightmare and the nightmare like comes through the door and scares her or something like that. 
So just a couple paragraphs and then edit a little bit to make it feel a bit more visceral and real, you know, making it, uh, giving it a bit more substance and description. And then she's like, and then take a scalpel to it and just remove portions of it. So you're left with like words and phrases, which you can then rearrange into the shape of a poem. And by removing like all the extra words, it makes you or the reader like link, make links between the words to kind of like develop your own story. And I said, that's really interesting and kind of like the blackout poet. Yeah. (laughs) Although a little bit more. I guess, focused, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because I guess you can write sort of what you want to then Mm -hmm. try and get deeper into. It's like instead of using someone else's story, you're using your own. Yeah, and you're, I guess, writing it purposefully for this. But it sounded quite interesting. And the one, the example that was in the paper, which is um, it's open access, so you should be able to go and see it. It had like quite a different well when I read it it had quite a different meaning but of course like a lot of the words and stuff are missing so that's kind of how my mind pieced it together it was so it was very interesting yeah the filling in ghost part like you know thinking about medical conditions as well people do that a lot with dementia as well where they'll not remember but so then they'll like create a story and they call it right. fabrication, like to fill in the gap of what the part that they don't remember. And sometimes people know that they're doing this. Other times they don't know that they're doing this. <laughs> but Oh, so how interesting. It is quite interesting. Yeah. Sometimes people, because, you know, they, they feel a bit, um, I guess people can feel quite embarrassed by it and mm-hmm. quite scared by it. So that sometimes they'll try and cover up by like creating these stories, but sometimes they'll do it like completely unknowingly and they'll have created this entire story of what they did. And in reality, it's nothing, like none of that happened. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> but so it's interesting, like, you know, applying both that and the, what did, what was it Charles called? Bonnet Charles Syndrome. Bonnet Syndrome to something like writing. Like I can see where it's very similar yeah. in terms of that. So It was just interesting, like, you know, having these two things linked into writing. That's what I kind of drew me to that. I was like, oh, okay, where is this going? Like how, mm, very interesting. I always found it interesting when like medical and like scientific connections are like linked to writing. I'll be like, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just the way my mind works, you know, from the two yeah. fields that I'm really interested in like coming together. <laughs> Colliding into <Whoa>. one. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, continue with the second part of it. Okay, so the second part was called Releasing Angels. And they also start with a quote in the section. They say, most writers feel that it is incredibly difficult to start, even with plenty of time at their disposal. So apart from time, the authors say writers often need to find, you know, there's other things that need to, they need to make them feel, I guess, like in the writing space. You know, they need to find the right place to write the right environment to write in because otherwise it can be distracting and, you know, it can um, make it difficult for you to write and focus on what you want to say. 
And it's at this point that they, the authors suggest that we embrace these disruptions in our everyday and they bring in the concept of pareidolia, which is a phenomenon I think all of us would have encountered before. And it's when you interpret vague or random stimuli as a pattern or image of something that's not there. So like uh, when yeah. you see like a whole heap of clothes in the corner and you see a figure slumped in them or like you see like the face of Jesus and like a potato chip <laughs> or like the other day when I saw had a towel hanging over my door at night and woke up and saw like an intruder like that kind of thing but it's also what makes people hear like voices on the wind or voices in the water when like the waves are crashing and hear someone say, saying something when like a train rattles by so that kind of thing yeah so one, I didn't know that had a name. And I was like, oh, I'm glad other people have this. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard of it before. I know there's also another name that specifically relates to like seeing faces and things. But yeah, I was like, ah, oh, when you like mentioned it and then like I saw the what you'd written about, it, I was like, oh, yes, I do know that this exists. But it's one of those things that you don't really think about, but it happens no. all the time. All the time. Yeah. Um, I get the voices one often, weirdly. Like it'll be like a <laughs> random noise and I'll think someone's been speaking. I'll get um, that when I'm like listening to music and then I'll be like, sorry, did you say something to like, my husband? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so the authors suggest that you can kind of exploit the, loosely exploit this phenomenon in your writing. And that's kind of like how they, you know, we could possibly embrace in a broad sense, the distractions to come up with like coherent stories. So the, oh, it's like speaking of ghosts. <laughs> Sorry, it gave me a too. I was like, what was it? It's all good. Sorry, my husband just closed the door just for everyone who's <laughs> wondering what the hell happened there. <laughs> I didn't see him, though. I, all I picked up was the door closing after he was out of sight. I was like, what is this? We're talking about ghosts. I'm seeing ghosts. That's funny. It gave me a fright, too, because I was just, like, not. I was like, reading. Just heard the door, like, slowly slide shut. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, continue. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so the author suggests maybe we can use words to sounds sounds really weird words to evoke the idea of a story like where if you just like write a stream of words basically it can either lead to the ideas of a new story or give us a starting point for a story we ha already have in our minds so he uses the example of journal entries so this one of the authors writes journal entries all the time and will often look back at them and then see I guess patterns and stories in his journals that he didn't notice at the time of writing them um, and so the one that he uses he looks back on one from like a few years before um, and then you know picks up on some interesting sort of ideas and story threads that are in there and then he uses that to write a book of poetry that like stems from that so that's what he suggests to do if you're stuck it was quite interesting I was like ah oh, I can kind of see that because you know when you you write things that don't really have a specific purpose except for maybe putting your thoughts on the page and then revisiting them you can find ideas or threads or starts for stories when you look back 
from things that you didn't think were there in the first place. So that was, you know, two techniques that they use. Apparently they, I think they're educators, they're both professors and that's what they use in their creative writing classes to teach um, some like overcoming the blank page type stuff. It was very interesting. It could be quite amusing to try. Yeah, it does sound like a very interesting article and I'd be interested to read it. Hmm, it's very, very good. <laughs> um, anyways, we should probably move on to what we're reading this month for fun. Sarah? Yeah, so I have been reading Bizarre of Bad Dreams by Stephen King. So after creating my own short story, I was quite interested to see what other sort of short horror stories looked like. <laughs> which sounds a bit backwards like I write a <laughs> short horror story and then I'm like hey what what are other short horror stories like because I don't really know that much I haven't read enough of them <laughs> but anyways even if I did it backwards <laughs> I decided to have a look into it and I've only just started reading it and it's one of his short story collections as you might have worked out um but it's I've gotten through one of the stories so far and his definition of short stories is a lot longer than my definition of short stories. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. But then his definition of novels are also a lot longer. So, yes. Uh, but it has been quite intriguing so far. And I'll just read out what the blurb was, at least on my um on Libby, which is the library app that I use to read books. So it said that it includes 21 iconic stories with accompanying autobiographical comments on when, why, and how he came to write or rewrite each one. And for more than 35 years, Stephen King has dazzled readers with his genius as a writer of short fiction. In this new collection, he introduces each story with a passage about its origins or his motivations for writing it. Hmm. Sounds helpful. Yeah, that part of it I find quite interesting and quite useful like to see kind of where his mind is at and how he arrived at a certain idea and how he then extrapolated that idea into a story. I feel like that's a part of writing that you don't often get to see when you're reading a, a book. Like I've read, obviously, as I said, one of them, and it is quite interesting because, you know, he talked about how he'd been driving along this highway and kind of came up with this idea about like a car that, well, I, yeah, you know, I'm not going to ruin it for everyone, but... <laughs> It just seemed like, you know, and then he like lost the story. So he had to rewrite it basically from memory and then adjusted it to fit like more modern timing. Right. So it's quite interesting that like he managed to like pull it all back and like recreate the story as well. Imagine that would be so upsetting. I know. Would be, I would be very upset if that happened. I lost, I lost the story. Before. And it was really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I'd written like 2,000 words of it and it just was gone. And I was like, no. So, so a warning for everyone. Make sure you like triple check that you like save it in the right yeah. location because I've done that before, saved it in the wrong location. And then being like, where the heck was it? And then I've had to go back into like recent documents to be able to find it because it's somewhere on the computer, but who knows where. Um, 
<laughs> and then the other thing is like yeah if your computer crashes like safe regularly and frequently because it sucks lose stuff i haven't Very lost chapters but i've lost like podcast editing episodes um just frustrating when you've done like several hours of work and you've got to redo it all <laughs> and like podcast notes oh yeah one of the episodes that we were just about to record at one point and I was like went to bring it up with me and Ashley were sitting there and I was like and there's nothing (laughs) I was like oh god (laughs) but yes so say frequently and back and double check before you click do you want to save changes and go no because that's what I did just like you yeah (laughs) and you just automatically like I haven't changed anything no oh wait hang on and I was like oh no wait I had actually apparently written like almost 2,000 words and I went back to just the beginning I'm like oh my god I thought it was a different document that I was closing so that's why I didn't try and save the changes because I thought it was just yeah but always click yes you can't go wrong (laughs) clicking yes don't click no it's a trick (laughs) anyways um what have you been reading Ashley so I started reading a book that had been on I'd had in the back of my mind to read for a really long time so it's called Birdsong by Sebastian Folks and I'll just read what the blurby thing is on the back um so Published to international critical and popular acclaim, this intensely romantic yet stunningly realistic novel spans three generations and the unimaginable gulf between the First World War and the present. As the young Englishman Stephen Raisford passes through a tempestuous love affair (laughs) with um, Isabel Azair in France and enters the dark, surreal world beneath the trenches of no man's land. Sebastian Folks creates a world of fiction that is as tragic as a farewell to arms and as sensuous as the English patient. Crafted from the ruins of war and the indestructibility of love, Birdsong is a novel that we read and marveled for years to come. It's been quite, it was a slow start, but it's, quite intense (laughs) now that I have started it I'm about oh I've read the first part which is the um the love affair right which was quite saucy (laughs) (laughs) um and now he like immediately goes into the trenches like six years later which is the opposite (laughs) of that so that's been quite interesting but it's like one of those things you like keep reading even though you're like horrified (laughs) yeah yeah so it's been it's really good so far must be it must be a third of the way through it maybe but yeah I would recommend if that sounds like your kind of book um it probably won't be for everyone because it's quite it's on the literary side of commercial fiction right if that makes any sense yeah like it's not full-on like literary but it's not pure like commercial fiction I feel like I could um I could go with something like that I might be interested in that one it's quite good yeah he has some really good descriptions occasionally I'm like wow that's that's very powerful like the um, images images that it conjures yeah so yes that was uh that's bird song by Sebastian Folks okay and we should round this up I, I think so if you would like to be on an author spotlight episode, 
then you can go to our website at lindersoncreations.com, hover your mouse over the podcast tab in the main menu. And if you click on the Be Featured on Dear Writer, it'll bring you to a form to fill out. And next time on Dear Writer, it is one of our main craft episodes and we're going to be talking about creating realistic relationships, which will be fun given how much Sarah and I like talking about characters. Yes, definitely. And if you'd like to know any more about us or about any of our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or you can get in contact with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Linderson Creations. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on your podcatcher of choice, tell your friends about us, and we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Happy writing, everyone.